Angela Nath is more than just a very good athlete. Yep, she's won 70.3 races. Yep, she's won Ironman races. But it's her ability to overcome, to build communities and to be involved in the sport on a bigger level. That is the reason we're talking to her today. She's a fantastic ambassador, community builder, and of course, she's very, very quick. Thanks to our friends at Triathlon Magazine Canada. Gonna have a little chat to Angela Nath. Hey, if you like us, tell your friends, get involved, subscribe. We are all about producing more wonderful podcasts. Here's Angela Nath. So Angela Nath uh, is alongside us. We, do you know you're, you're the first real Canadian? That we've had on uh, on the podcast. This is oh, nice. <laughs> twelve episodes in. We sort of Kevin McKinnon, who's the doyen of all Canadians. I think he should be the prime minister. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we just, you know, he's just he he was our first Canadian. But you're our first sort of real athletic, because he's not athletic, real athletic Canadian. So welcome. Thank you. Yes, happy to be here. It's a Interesting time, isn't it, for everyone? And and the sport's no different of triathlon. But your um your experience this year, how's it been, and and how have you coped in uh in the states? Yeah, I mean, the states is quite honestly going through some crazy times. I I shake my head and wish I was actually in Canada <laughs> at the moment. Um, since I am outside of Boston, we ha- we basically shut down everything pretty early on, and so. Starting in, I believe, in March, uh, basically everything was shut down and we were able to really have a good control of everything here in this area. Um, But again, with the states doing their own thing in every different state, it was very, very hard. And so things slowly opened up here. Um, But my whole mental state and process was like the first couple months was just like, okay, this is only going to last a month or two. And, you know, we can just do what we can. I, I used a Vasa trainer and biked and all that stuff that I could do. And, you know, and then it prolonged and prolonged and prolonged. And one of the biggest things that really kind of got me through a lot of those times, because it was just such an unknown is I started using Zwift a lot and creating my own challenges with my sponsors, um, really working with my team. I race like a girl and really, it, it actually has been a really good benefit because we do a lot of Zoom calls now. There's way more connections. A lot of the teammates are friends from afar. And we we, we always had those connections, but they're just so much stronger now. Um, so that's been fantastic. Um, and then I also started um, a new platform to kind of get more people involved. And it's um, it's for women. Again, it's, it's called grittytogether.com. And uh, it's an app. And basically, it's a community within the app. And so people can ask questions and be part of it. It just kind of started, but doing those small projects kind of kept me involved in the sport. Um, I did a a time trial series on Zwift, which was so much fun in terms of reaching out to the community. Uh, There was a pro try series on Zwift that I joined up. So it was a four week uh, race event. Um, I did a couple of the Ironman BRs um, when they first started. So that was that was helpful, and now it's kind of going into phase two. I like to <laughs> I like to think of it. like there's still hope uh, that they'll be racing. Um, you know, m- my doubts are there definitely, um, but I also like I've, I I I was diagnosed with Lyme a couple years ago, and you know I always deal with it. It comes and goes, and and, and waxes and wanes, and there's a few treatments out there that I've never really p- pushed on, and. 
I finally said, you know, this is the time to do it. I have my slot for Kona for 2021. Um, I have no pressure right now. And so why not try to really annihilate this stuff as best I can? Um, so right now I'm kind of going through that process as well. So I'm taking as much opportunity as I can during this time uh, that we have. So, so how when you first get, you know, Lyme disease and you sort of start noticing things aren't right, um, is it a hard thing to sort of to dial into exactly what's going on or was it just it was a series of, of um, <laughs> tell them to stop calling, uh, is it, is it a, uh, a series of things you got to find like is it or is it straight up diagnosis? The diagnosis, there's just no common diagnosis. Um, the, the ones in the medical field are not very accurate. And a lot of the times when you have Lyme, if you just have straight up Lyme, it's pretty easy to treat, but sometimes you have co-infections which are not so easy to treat and they cause a lot of comp complications. Um, and that's, that's what happened to me. And so it took like five, it took five to six months to, to diagnose, you get on antibiotics and then I felt fantastic and I got off them too soon because I just was not aware of, I wasn't educated enough. Um, and I, for the last two years I've educated myself a ton. And so you just kind of have to get your body to a point where the bugs um, are really down at a very low, low level so that your immune system can take over. But as an athlete, that's very difficult because you're always putting yourself in very st uh, stressful time. Yeah. So yeah. you have to balance that. And um, it's it's been tough. You know, you have to really figure that out. And, you know, I've had times where it, I, it's what you could say relapse, but it's just that some of the symptoms come back and it's hard to train through and you kind of have to change your treatment programs and stuff. Um, but there's a few things that I'm doing now that are, some really strong antibiotics and an experimental kind of drug that kind of kills Lyme that I just never wanted to do because I was in the middle of a season or trying to get back and it really dogs you down. And so I've kind of been through yeah. that now. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to, to, to the process. So. Yeah. And obviously are you able to leave the States? Like are you, do you have travel restrictions on where you are? Um, we have travel, travel restrictions. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a green card holder. And so Canadian, so I can go home, um, can quarantine. If I go home, I haven't gone home really. Um, so I've just been kind of basing here. I haven't flown on a plane since, I mean, gosh, probably February or March. Um, I kind of don't want to, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it's the States is very, uh, it's a scary time. I mean, there's, there's, there's too much controversy of, of, of what's right and what's wrong. And, uh, I like to go by science. <laughs> so I really like Dr. Price. <laughs> he says, yeah. <laughs> are you, are you conscious of like real, like, I mean, we see it from afar, obviously from down here. Um, and we're, I'm, we're in lockdown as well. Like in Australia, mm -hmm. there are, you know, our state got locked down for a second time because we had another out, outbreak. Um, and a fairly strong one. Um, and we sort of, we're, we're still in it. It's still in isolation at the moment. Um, although on the coast, we're probably better off than everyone because we're still in a stage three, which means I can still visit the ocean, which is lovely. Oh. Um, but in, in, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of just that uncertainty, is it, it seems from what we're seeing from afar that it just, that this, everything is so politicized that it's, mm -hmm almost impossible to come to an agreement on anything are you sort of getting that vibe oh yeah i mean it's um it's very frustrating being here because at the beginning of of the, the this whole covid thing in march like 
we we could have done it right <laughs> and there was yeah. just too many too many political sides going in and out of it and like i look at my home country canada and how they did it and yes the population's lower and they probably didn't have as many cases and stuff but they shut down so quickly and so and so did europe and and you can see the the changes in that and um and my parents like they live way up north and in BC and they maybe had like 10 cases in their town and they shut everything down. And so mm. now it's a very safe place. Like, and, and here it was just, it's, it was a fight, you know? And yeah. luckily where I live outside of Boston and the state of Massachusetts, they did it right from the very beginning. And so we have kept really, really steady. We've slowly opened kind of like New York did. Um, and so I feel pretty confident that we're around here. Like, obviously there's still, there's still active cases and we have to wear masks everywhere. Um, you know, you have time slots when you want to go to the pool. Um, but other than that, it's, it's pretty normal living. Um, but for me to go travel to Texas or Florida or, I mean, I just wouldn't do that right now. It's, um, yeah, especially cause you hear a lot of the, there was a, there was an article out about a warning about for, for athletes that a lot of people that are actually admitted into the hospital that have had coronavirus, they have long-term effects after um, with their breathing and their heart um, yeah. to find the thing. But like, that's just not something I want to deal with. <laughs> no, no, considering your history too. And that's the thing about Corona is that the, the, the long-term effects are still unknown because it's not long-term mm -hmm. yet. We're still sort of in the middle of this initial stage of actually contracting it as, as a, you know, as a cohort of people. But that's what worries me too, is it's not the getting, if you got through it, it's what, what next yeah, um and yeah. what sits there i mean i think we sort of take it for granted that oh hey we're through it but yeah i mean i've been reading reports too and i've also found too i don't know if this is you it's just as well as you know in terms of editing what you read and mm -hmm. editing what you know how much you can consume of this stuff before it does your, your head completely in yeah 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 actually and so i love i watch a lot of news my boyfriend is is um a news guy <laughs> um but chris cuomo uh he's yep. an example like he he had yep. it and he talks about how he cannot recover from workouts still like and he's just an active weekend guy and um a very active person but like he i believe he he contracted it probably march april and he's still talking about it now you know so it's it's pretty significant i think or could be. Yeah, I, I think so, so too. And I think, you know, the only time everyone will be really, you know, somewhat safe is if they ever produce a vaccine for it. And again, you know, the time frame on that is also, I mean, it's the more yeah. you read, the worse it becomes, right? Yeah. I mean, if a vaccine were to come out and it was like, I don't know if I would even take it right away, but the one guy that I do trust is Fauci. And so if he would say um, that it's safe, then then I would probably take it. Yeah, well, the guy's a runner, right? So you got to trust him. Oh, he yeah, seems like yeah. Yeah. and he <laughs> trusts the guy. And he has never played. You know, he's a, he's a very like this is what's happening kind of a guy. So yeah, it must look. He's he's in the most impossible situation that oh dude God. because he just every time he says something, he gets torn down. Oh, hey, on a positive though, yeah. um, you're um, obviously busy. Like just even the first couple of minutes, of what you're saying, like how like you are you busy person like it sounds like you are really all the time is there something on the go is that again obviously a nice way to get through a time when you are you know effectively locked down but are you generally just busy is it like something that you're always um, um you know on 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have a very fortunate life of being an athlete, like many athletes. Like, um, I make a living with in a variety of different ways. Um, I have sponsors and supporters, but I like, um, like I also coach athletes, um, and so. I look at it as, as this is what I like to do. And, and, um, my team, I'm just so, um, proud of it, I guess. Like it's, it just makes me feel like I'm really helping out a lot of people and, and I, and I get a lot from that. And so just putting more effort into the community just has helped me as a person myself. And, um, uh, I think of these little projects as ways to get through things for sure. Um, that's kind of how I race a good girl started. I was going through a lot of di- like, I was going through divorce and all this stuff. And, and it was something that kind of took my mind off at first. And then it just kind of grew. And so, you know, at the beginning of this whole thing, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so I just wanted to stay involved. And so a lot of these like virtual races were going on and stuff. And I thought yep. well, that would be fun to be part of. And and, you know, I wanted to give back to my sponsors and help share and promote that stuff. And so I was just kind of brainstorming ideas and uh, kind of pitched out a few ideas. And a lot of them came on board. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. We did time trials. I did virtual 5Ks and running events. Um, I'm doing one for, for this following weekend. Um, it keeps me busy, but it's not it's not so much that I'm stressed at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is it um so I race like a girl, is it your your team that you've put mm-hmm. together? Um, did you like do you feel a need? Like do you think triathlon's well represented in terms of how it, I mean there was that, a few years back there was that fifty women to Kona. I know that was a huge push um and connected a lot of people uh with that on both sides, you know, men and women were sort mm-hmm. of really on that. Um but have you felt that that women have been adequately represented in, in triathlon? Um, I think they have, they have been, I think, I mean, I don't know the numbers behind any sponsorships or anything in terms of male and female. Um, but I think over the years, things have improved from since when I started about 10 years ago. And, um, but in turn, like, I still, like, we still have a discrepancy of how many females are on the start list in Kona. It's still 35 to to 50 or, or mm. whatever that number is, which well, thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm all in favor for a 50, 50 opportunity. Um, but I think, I think overall, um, you know, you have to look at the context of the entire society. Like it's sports have always been male dominated. And so it's, it's, it's been a struggle for a long time, I think for females, but I also think that things are improving almost every year. Like you, there's a lot more sponsors going behind um, sports teams and women's sports teams. Um, uh, so it's just, it's become a progression for sure. I, I still don't think that we're, we're a hundred percent 50, 50. And I, I think that's going to come with time, but um, it also, um, you know, the sport is dominated a lot by males just because of the participation in terms of numbers, but, but, but through like, teams like mine and stuff, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for things to grow. Um, and from there, uh, I think they will for sure. Um, we're not there yet, basically. Is, <laughs> is it hard to chisel? Like, I guess too, like you're, you've got some, you know, a raft of fairly good sponsors. Um, and is it hard to sort of chisel that sort of that marketing dollar? Do you think as a woman versus as a, as a man? Um, well, I wish I would know. <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like I do know, obviously, um, you know, in previous experiences, um, some, some kind of guesstimates I've had from other people and, 
you know, I used to have an agent and, and he kind of knew a few things, but I think, I think overall with the sponsors that I have anyways, I feel that they're very fair with a female and, and male counterpart. Um, they, they really value their athletes and that's why I've, I'm with them. Um, uh, they value me. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I can't say for sure who's paid what or, or how they are supported, but, um, from, from my understanding, it's a very fair value. Um, how tough is it at the moment to to maintain and, and get those sponsors? I mean, obviously you work a career and you're obviously very successful uh, result-wise, et cetera, so that your your platform's a bit easier. But how how hard is it at the moment given the, you know, obviously what's happening in the world and, and the racing has been shut down and it's slowly coming back, um, as you said. But, I mean, the US is a huge theatre of yeah. triathlon. I mean, it's going to take a while to, to sort of swing back. How hard has it been there? I mean, I, I, so I, so like some of my sponsors, I do have contractual, um, sponsorships with them. So they, so I've been fortunate enough that, that they have, they have honored those sponsorships. Um, Mm -hmm. but on the other end, um, you know, uh, some contracts are coming up this year, I guess. Um, and then also, I don't know what, what is going to be happening for next year. Um, but in terms of, of really, so that's kind of why I've tried to think outside the box for these guys, like. I'm not, yeah, for sure. I'm not doing that. So, so, so what can I do? And so we do a lot of uh, zoom calls with my team and public opportunities to just get the product out there, talk about it, experience it. And so it's actually, um, I think it's been good on both sides because I, 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 I've had to kind of grow as well within them in terms of showcasing like what I can do for them and, and help support them in that sense. And, uh, and I think a lot of, I don't know for sure for everybody, but there's probably a certain allocation of sponsorship dollars for going to races and all this stuff for their own companies. And now they have a little bit of extra um, mm-hmm. avenues to kind of share that. And so I think um, a lot of the giveaways I've, I've provided with some of my um, races and, and, and challenges and stuff, I think have come from that allotment. Um, so that's been really awesome. So um, but I mean, in terms of trying to find new sponsors, I mean, I, I, that's not something I, I, I have seeked out or, or, I mean, I just have focused on, on my team that I have and, and what I can do for them. It's pretty, you, you're, you're pretty ambitious, I reckon, too, if you're looking for that kind of stuff at the moment. Um, you know, the, the, the new triathlon pros who are coming into the sport, I feel that they're the ones who are on the back foot, you know, um, if they're trying to get sponsorship and stuff in a, in a mm-hmm. climate like this, it might be, um, it might be certainly tough. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, a lot of the sponsors I have are kind of longstanding and I've, I've been with them for a long time. So I have a really good rapport with them. So when something like this happens, I feel like we both have each other's back in that sense. Um, so, I mean, I, I can only imagine coming into the sport as a new pro this year or last year. And I mean, that would be tough. I mean, when I started the sport, it was very tough as well. I mean, I, I, I had no sponsors for a number of years. Um, but also in the same sense, like I, I coach a lot of athletes and that's a big amount of my income. Um, my team um, has helped support me financially. Um, you know, I, I try to look at it as a, as an umbrella, uh, not just um, yeah. an athlete because, you know, I've been through a lot of ups and downs myself and, and you got to look ahead. You got to look at what drives you and, and, and don't put all your eggs in a basket because so something like COVID could happen and then what, you know, so. 
Yep, yep, I hear you. And obviously still the coaching, That's um, that would be a lot of a lot of computer time, a lot of uh, Zoom and a lot of uh, FaceTiming and, and, and talking to athletes. Do you think that our – I mean, our age group is – triathletes will train through anything, um, pandemics included, I would have thought, um, that they're always – looking out to to continue and, and to train have you found that your crew has been you know constantly moving yeah it's kind of interesting because we all kind of go through these phases of like well, why am i doing this this is this is never going to end <laughs> so you know i would get a call or a text from a, an athlete and you know they go through the same things that i just went through three three or four days ago you know so we kind of help support each other um when i first started with this whole thing you know my idea was there would be something in June, July, and that kind of kept getting pushed back. And so that was, again, why I wanted to create challenges too, is just for my own athletes is like to give them something to look forward to and, um, and to be part of. Um, and so it's been a struggle. I mean, I mean, you definitely go through ups and downs and I think out of all of it, it, what, what's really helped is, 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 uh, finding the love of just going out and running and riding and swimming. And sometimes not having such a structured program is, is the best thing. So I, uh, I had a gal, she was really struggling and I just said, you know, just do what you want for a week, you know, and, and, and clear your head and get back to me. And, you know, like these new goals come up and, um, or, or people want to focus more on strength or weight loss or something like that until the races are set in stone. It's, it's just, I mean, obviously we're all very goal driven. We love to race and we love to have that have that goal out there and but we just don't have a date yet you know and so um you kind of have to be on this maintenance phase but yet enjoy life at the same time so uh it's it's been a struggle for some uh is 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 that the key though that seems to me that the key right like you know having been a very mediocre age group athlete myself for a number of years until i finally woke up um it seems to me that like the best things that I did when we were training for Ironman and things like that was just to freelance a bit sometimes, you know, and yeah. I was coached by a, a woman who was amazing and she, but she was, you know, not drill sergeant, but she certainly wanted you to do certain things. But there are days where she would just get, you get off the chain. And that's part of it, isn't it? Like, you know, oh, just going out for a trail run or, or doing something that actually makes you happy rather than, you know, like checking another box. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a lot of the times I, I call them like a caveman ride or a caveman run. <laughs> just go and, and don't and and don't even take your walk. You know, just go and run. Yeah, run anymore. Yeah, and it's everything's tracked, isn't it? I mean, like, I don't know. I just think the fact that people are so willing to put stick figures on the back of their car, advertising their family. We 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 are so ridiculously involved in everybody, and the caveman run or ride, as you suggest, I think that's brilliant. I mean, I I I'm sort of. You know, we go because on the coast here in Victoria, we we got some of the most amazing coastline in the world um, mm. and constantly running on the beach down there with our drill sergeant, the Border Collie. And um, that sort of stuff is far more enjoyable to me than going out and doing a, a track session that I used to go and hate, you know, and just have to get through. But at this point in time, it makes more sense, right, just to go and have those days when oh, yeah. you're not so switched in. Yeah, like I've done a lot more trail running and actually I have not been on a tri bike since March. Um so yes. I've I got a gravel bike and that's yes. all I've it is so much fun. So I put <laughs> so I put some aero bars on it just because yeah, just because. But I can go anywhere, I can go on any yep. road, and it's just the most comfortable thing. 
Like, I wish I could race on this thing because it is just, <laughs> it's my favorite bike. Like, I have ridden it constantly. Um, I don't ride anything else. <laughs> and is it, you riding tri- like heaps of trails? Tra- well, where I'm from, there's not like heaps of trails and some of them are pretty technical, but I go on mm-hmm. and off road. Um, I've, I went up to New Hampshire once, but we still can't really travel too much. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely mix it up. But some of the roads here, which are really crappy. So uh, <laughs> it just smooths out the ride. You know, it's, um, yeah. It's I mean, I can go on sidewalks. I, and then the, and the best part of it all is like, I go on Strava cause I'm not from this area and there's like thousands of roads. I just create a loop or look at a few loops and add some things to it and make my own maps. And I just go and explore and it doesn't matter what roads I'm on and, or if it's a busy side street or something, I can just go on the sidewalk. Like it's just, it just opens up a whole new world. Um, I just love oh, it. I love that. Yeah, that is the best. I mean, I, we're the same way out here. We have state forests and stuff and it's all mountain bikes. Oh. Everyone's either in the water surfing or they're on a the mountain bike. And it's, um, it, it is the best because you have this, um, you know, when the surf's shitty and you, you can disappear into the forest yeah. and I've got the worst sense of direction in the world. So I'm constantly lost. So I'm constantly going, well, I, I know I've got road one side and ocean the other and I'll figure it out. But that sense of just being out there as well, I think also copes with people's mental um, stability during this time and, and these sorts of things like the gravel bikes. And down here, there's like an eight-week wait unless you know someone in the industry to get a bike, just even a general yeah. person who wants just a you know a crappy old mountain bike for 500 bucks. They've got a, There's an eight-week wait. It's, oh, wow. On the other side of things, it really has helped people just, you know, reconnect with things that they might never have gone to. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I have a friend here, actually, he's he's an owner of a bike shop and he was super busy for a while. And, and um, he he kind of says the same thing. If someone wanted to order something, it would just take it would take a long, long time. And um, but it's just awesome. I mean, I like I have lived here for a few years now, and I have not seen so many people outside that um, yeah. I ever have before. You know, it's um, it's it's awesome to see. I love it. So, and the VR racing. Um, how have you found? I mean, I, I'm I've as long as this podcast has been around, which is all of twelve episodes now. But I've I've long looked at it and just gone, oh, man. I mean. I know, I know why people do it. I get it. I completely get it. And and I think, you know, I, I listen to the commentary on it. I think, geez, it's rough, rough gig. Um, <laughs> how have you found it? I mean, is it, is it obviously as an athlete, it's, you know, there's profile and there's, there's opportunity to, to, to point at something and, and go for that. But is it, you know, it's, so it's not, surely it's not the way of the future. I'm not, I'm not sure what, what you're kind of asking me. Are we are we talking like once COVID sort of recesses? Hopefully, I mean, surely VR racing will die a, a, a very quick death. And have you enjoyed like your experience of it has been? Has it been enjoyable? Uh, like this time, mm, as in on the VR racing itself? Yeah. Oh, oh VR racing. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm, I I didn't understand. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's I, I I think there's a lot of improvements. Like they only allow like three or four participants at a time and the unfortunate thing with vr racing is i mean even in the pro ranks they don't really check all the all the stats properly Mm -hmm. things are not very accurate Um, (laughs) that 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 was that was one of my questions i'm like are you going to check our weight and check like a dual power system and they're like no 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 we trust you guys it's all just that that that's a little frustrating because if you're going to come in and you're gonna and you really want to 
you know, have a real event, you want it to be a legit event. So, well, people um, are watching, right? Like people sort of watch this race unfold and they're like, oh, geez, she's not having a good day because, you know, old mate who's up the road yeah, might not be doing exact, you know, not that, I don't know, not that it's probably that big a thing, but as soon as you start putting racing and egos in, maybe yeah. people start to bend things a little, hey? Oh, definitely. The one, the one, the one company that's been fantastic is Zwift. Um, so they did a, a, a pro tri series. So it was a four week series. Yep. They, they, we, we had to do like a mandatory weigh in with pitchers. They check yes. our power sources. Like, like it was very legit and, and it was just so much fun because you knew who was racing was using equipment that that was compatible with making sure that it was the most accurate power because like you couldn't just use a spin trainer you had to use um a smart trainer you had like like there was very very specifics in everything and yeah and they checked on us you know and and that's how they do their pro invitational races as well and so I love the Zwift platform. I think what they're doing is fantastic. And I, and I think legitimately it's, it's, it's something that's going to grow in the future. I mean, um, I wouldn't want to race year round. Cause I mean, these races are tough, <laughs> uh, yeah. but it, but it, it totally mixes up the training and it makes you have fun indoors. Like, especially in Boston, like it gets like, we have really crappy winters and I ride yeah. a lot indoor. And so to have the ability to go, do some races or mix it up with that it it changes the whole perspective of being indoor on a bike so yeah um, and i get that too i i i mean i fully understand that i i, I like just to pull the tail of the um vr racing because i can but i i completely get it and if you're snowbound or living in a you know in in this time it, it's for a lot of people it's been a real um it's been a real chop out for their mental health and and, oh, and for yeah. getting stuff involved i can completely see that um and you think like at the moment, like you talked about sort of, you know, you've had agents and things like that. And um, are we still fledgling as a professional or, um, group? So as you know, but there's 2000, apparently there's about 2000 triathlon pros. I guess my question is, are we still figuring it out as a sport as to, you know, how, cause we, we need, how we need to operate. I mean, I, I, someone asked me the other day, who's the best triathlete in the world? And I couldn't give them a, an answer. I didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess at a couple, but there's no real ranking. There's no real uh, understanding of who's the best. And um, it's, I kind of, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years, we kind of look at surfing as, you know, that where it was run very amateurish mm-hmm. and then it switched and they kind of said, well, okay, now only the top 30 are going to be doing this. And if you're out of that, then there's an alternative way in. But my long-winded question, I guess, are we, are we sitting up properly as a pro organization or as, or are we, we still far away from, you know, really becoming something that's, I guess, a pathway for athletes versus other sports. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird time. Like, like obviously the PTO is um, the professional triathletes organization is building its way and its platform. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been fantastic to see. Um, I mean, I, I think that the combination of having them with Ironman is, I mean, they're very two separate entities. Uh, challenge from my understanding is really working with the PTO. Um, so it's hard because, you know, Ironman is, um, is, is all like, is a separate entity of having a union for their athletes or, or anything like that. And so 
if you have someone coming in like the PTO trying to dictate to Iron Man that have that have already established like what they want to do and how they want to grow it, it's 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 really hard to find something that's going to be inclusive for everybody um, and that works for everyone. Um, uh, I think so. Like long winded answer or sh short winded is is no. <laughs> I'm <laughs> basically no. I mean, I think. Like if you look at any other sport, they um, th those things have been established at like quite well, and uh, yeah, we we don't really have that. It's um, it's, and I I don't have a quick answer for it because it it has to be taken in within the context of Ironman as well, and, and yeah, because it's a company, well. right? Like Ironman yeah. gets sold recently, and you're like, well, now imagine the NBA just yeah. got sold. Yeah. You know, like it's weird that the governing not governing body, but a private company has just has so much sway over a sport versus a, a governing body, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which well, is kind of a bit odd. We don't really have a governing body. Like we have USAT and like other places in, in, yeah. in the countries and stuff, but something that really like they do have rules and stuff, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just based on, on the actual races itself. It's not as a union for like a professional athlete per se or, no, it's odd, isn't it? It's a weird setup, and I, you know, I, not that I want to not include everyone, but the professional sports means you can't include everyone. It yeah, just, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I, I want to go and play on the PGA tour, but I've got to swing like a rusty gate. I'm, I'm never going to make it. That's just reality, I think, you know. And, but the other, and, the other side of that thing, like, yep. Iron Man is, is, is very like. I became a professional athlete because of because of Ironman, you know, like, um, yeah, I would never be able to be a professional athlete in any other sport, which I'm not I, I'm not trying to negate anything of what that means. But it provided me an opportunity. And, you know, I, 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 I have made a decent living, I, I've raced really yeah. well. And, and um, you have to take that in consideration of what triathlon and the community is like, it, it provides a community an opportunity, like, Yes, um, there should be some separation there, but I, I personally think and value the idea of some random person going into this to the sport and being able to become a pro if if they're good enough, you know. And you don't see yeah. that in like professional basketball, football. Like there's, so it's just kind of a different way of thinking of the sport. Like it's it's a pretty fantastic opportunity if someone really wants to try hard. And the thing with Ironman and triathlon, it's like. You don't have to be a pro at swim, bike, run. You can build yourself into that, and it takes years sometimes. Um, I mean, you get the rest. And there's some really good examples, isn't there, of the Cinderella stories, you know, like yeah. Laura Siddell or yeah. Meredith Kessler or those sorts who raced age group forever. It's not like they did yeah. one race and then went pro. They raced multiple races as age groupers and then just turned it over and said, you know what, I think I can do this as a pro. And you know, a winning races. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have on the other hand, someone like a Chris Wellington who jumped around quickly. Jeez. So like the opportunities yeah. are, are, are just pretty interesting, you know, like, um, yeah. So it's crazy, isn't it? That Chrissy Wellington was a force and then just yeah. that'll do me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> mic drop. It's just, okay. She's gone now. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was so hard to interview though, man, like really hard to interview. Uh. <laughs> She really just don't you email you'd email her or you'd you know you'd, you'd touch base say queen interview and she's just like make sure you ask me something good and you're like oh man oh, pressure's on now pressure is 
yeah, no, she was fantastic. She's amazing, but it's very, you know, oh, I have to be on my A game. Um, and gritty together, um, as you mentioned earlier too, which is the other thing. I mean, if I mean, if you are listening to this and wanting to find Angela anywhere, I race like a girl women's endurance team. On you also the gritty together as well, which um, you might want to give us a quick sketch on and tell us what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. So, so I race like a girl is like the main community that, but um, it's it's a I kind of want to cap it at five hundred women just so it's a little bit more inclusive. Um, but obviously anyone can join, but then my whole idea was like during this COVID time, it was really hard to connect with a lot of people. And like, even sometimes, um, I just felt like here's an opportunity that we can come together. And, um, uh, I don't know if you saw, but when the whole thing that came down through women for try, unfortunately, um, on the Facebook group, they just completely shut down that platform because there was a lot of controversy uh, with the in- injustices that were going on in the U.S. at the time, and people were commenting and all this stuff. And so their reaction of whoever is controlling that just is to completely shut it down. And it's just it's just uncalled for. Like, um, So that's what really dro- drove me. It's like, we need something. Like, let's start to build something. And so I actually uh, applied for a grant through USAT um, to help build the community and for women. And so all that, all that is going toward uh, this new app and community. It's free, and it's basically I want it to help help replace the loss of what happened there, and also create something a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, good. That sounds amazing. And it, and you know, having seen it too, it it really does work. I think um, you're creating these communities where people can get um, you know on board and and you know connect and do what they need um, to do question wise, and and I guess it's. A great place to be if you're not sure www.gritty uh and then the number two and then gather um.com is where to find it you, i'm sure that googles will point you in the right direction um what's um what's coming up for you because i know if i talk long i'm gonna get kevin's gonna beat me up um <laughs> what's coming up though so in your in your next couple of months what what sort of obviously it's a it's a little bit of a wait and see obviously the whole world's yeah. on pause we, we understand yeah, that what, um, what are you well, I'm just going to, well, I took some time down, as I said, trying to go through some treatments and stuff and it's yep. been really helpful. So I'm not really, um, I'm just taking it easy. Cause I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm taking it easy. I'm progressing things. Uh, the goal hopefully would be to race when it's safe. I, I mean, I don't really know what that means yet. So it's just kind of a waiting game to kind of see and slowly build back to, to the time that I took to kind of reset things. Um, mm-hmm. originally when Kona was set for fit for for February, um, you know, that, that was kind of the main goal, but now that it's been pushed over again to October and having that ticket already, um, is, is pretty awesome. So I, I, I yeah. really am just taking like a no stress time right now and focusing on, on all of these projects and just building a really strong base because I don't need to put myself in a position of going to try to race, um, when COVID is like, huge you know i mean it's just i just don't think that's smart <laughs> so no, no i'm just gonna no. wait it out and see what happens and um i mean i obviously do want to race and and get back into it but i i just don't think there should be a pressure into trying to to push things i mean like look what happened with when we did that it was i mean yeah. you just got like you have to have patience <laughs> i think yeah i think we just 2020 is just almost a 
well, it's, it's a fairly sizable write-off, but um, yeah, I keep trying uh, to put the feelers out, like asking certain people that I know. And actually, Kevin is fantastic. He seems to know things before anybody else. <laughs> oh, that's because he's because so because he's Canadian. People trust him, but uh, <laughs> I don't trust a man with that sort of curly hair. It'll yeah. get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, you know, I've I've reached out to him a few times. I'm like, hey, do you know anything about this? And you know, everybody doesn't really know. But from I, and then you hear theories of why people are waiting to cancel races because of financial reasons and the cities can pull yeah. out certain times. I mean, there's all these things like, I don't know for sure, but I mean, it makes sense, no, I makes think sense but it's, it's frustrating at the same time. It certainly is. And it's just something we're all just going to have to be patient. And that's the key word I think is that nothing quick's going to happen in your neck of the woods, nor ours either. I think where yeah. a lot of the Asia Pacific races are all just not, they're hanging on by a mm-hmm. thread, but I'm not sure towns even too, you know, want people just to roll in, you know, and have a thousand age groupers just show up. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I like, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but I'm assuming you guys are very similar to Canada. <laughs> mm. um, no, no, very much so. We, yeah, Kevin and I, and, again, we, we've spoken and it's the same yeah. deal. Whereas the States, it's like, it's very controversial. Like you can be split right down the middle and you can go to one state and everyone's a hundred percent like no masks. We don't need all this. And then in another area and it's, mm-hmm. it's the total opposite. And I mean, it's, it's, it's very frustrating as a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wrong. I love, again, it seems, it, it's very frustrating. <laughs> it seems irrational. It just seems yeah. that the things they're getting on with, it just seems irrational. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I think I look at it and I go, you know what, they're not trying to take your liberty. They're trying to actually, you know, look out for your, your health and well-being. And, and yeah, I mean, again, it's this indiscriminatory. It goes through everybody. It's crazy town. Um, but we can find you at I Race Like a Girl. We can find you at AngelaNath.com. All sorts of good places. Also gritty together as well. You are doing like seriously some amazing stuff and, and a ton of people uh, would be super thankful for what you're up to at the moment. And Again, you are a super talented athlete with more to give in this sport um, and really looking forward to hopefully in a year's time, you being, you know, in that last block or in that, you know, final yes. block of training for uh, for Kona where we can see you shine. Yes, that's 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 the goal. <laughs> I like <laughs> the goal. Now it's on. It's, it's been it. recorded. That's where we are. Um, Angela, thank you so much for being a part of uh, this and thanks again to all of our buddies at uh, Triathlon Magazine in Canada for uh for getting this one up and about uh good luck to you and uh we hope to see you flying around real real style uh as soon as we can awesome thank you so much